it was made official by Mike Tomlin that the Steelers will start Dwayne Haskins for their final preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers as the Steelers gear up for their final preseason game. We're going to talk to you about the things that you should be watching for the most for people trying to battle to make the team or move their way up the depth chart. And I say we because it's not just me. We're joined by ESPN's Brooke Pryor. It's going to be a fun episode. And as always, we are sponsored by rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure all often pointless or seemingly intimidating question questions about your car and what make you have and why wait, wait in person behind the counter orders and wait for parts on a computer when you can just look right now on rockauto.com and find the part that you need for your car or truck right at home or picking up your phone out of your pocket. Rockauto.com has an amazing selection, reliable little prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. Remember to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts with a positive view, and you get a special shout at the end of the show. I am joined today by Brooke Pryor, returning guest. Brooke Pryor, of course, of ESPN, Steelers reporter there. Brooke, it's always great to have you on the show. We have been hot and getting tanned at Steelers practices all this time. Now they're back at their Southside facility. But uh, it's going to be an interesting week because now we get to see some of those guys that are going to be battling for those roster spots. And now we know Dwayne Haskins will finally get his chance to start a game in preseason. Right. I mean, I think I cannot count the number of times on Twitter that I have seen play Dwayne Haskins with the ones. Let him go against the ones defense. Why isn't he playing against the ones? Well, uh, either Mike Tomlin read all these tweets or this was the plan all along. Um, I'm going to go with the second option there because I I don't think that he's reading tweets and adjusting his game plan to those. Um, But yeah, we finally get to see Dwayne Haskins with some of the starters. If I had to guess, I would say most of the line is intact. Maybe Trey Turner doesn't play. He's a longtime vet. He doesn't necessarily need a fourth preseason game, especially with his injury concerns. But I think he's going to have most of the starting O-line. He's not going to have Najee Harris. I think maybe he'll have like James Washington, Ray Ray McLeod, mm-hmm. maybe Chase Claypool, TBD, because Chase didn't play in the last preseason yeah. game. How healthy is he? I don't know. Um, he So he will have some of the starters. And then he'll be going against the Panthers starting defense because they are not resting their starters. So right. I think this is the measuring stick that we've all kind of wanted to see for a while. We know that he can dominate against the twos. He showed as much. Uh, against the Eagles, but now he really gets that chance to say, hey, I should be the number two quarterback, but I kind of think it's too little too late at that point. I feel like because Mason Rudolph isn't playing, that is Mike Tomlin saying he's our number two guy. Right. This is, I think this is a Dwayne Haskins versus Josh Dobbs for that number three spot. 
Yeah, that's why the way I see it too. I, I will say this: some people out there see it as, "Oh, he's not getting all the starters, but he has to face all of Carolina's starters." That's not fair. I look at it the other way around. I look at this as a major opportunity for the. If he shines in this game, say he throws a couple touchdown passes, then the Steelers all of a sudden look around like, "Whoa, what, wait, wait, what do we got here?" And, and maybe he doesn't win the number two spot this week, or maybe anything like that. But he puts himself maybe in a more serious consideration where, say, Ben takes a week's rest at some point this season or is hurt for a couple weeks and they need Mason Rudolph and say Mason Rudolph struggles. If Dwayne Haskins shows out now, he won't be the number two quarterback. I agree with you. I think that's pretty much set in stone that Mason's the number two, but Mason might be on a much shorter leash if he comes out, makes a mistake, and they know, hey, Dwayne had a really strong finish to preseason. He's been consistent all, you know, all leading through the season as we've gone through practices. We're going to give him a shot, just like they did for Devlin Hodges a couple years back when he took the place of Mason Rudolph when he was stinking up the joint against Cincinnati. So I, I think that's what Dwayne's here this Friday to prove is he needs to show everyone, hey, if you put me in a game against another team starting defense, even if we're kind of behind the eight ball, I'm not going to lose you the game, and I will give you a competent NFL quarterback's performance. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And he even kind of alluded to that. He was asked a question about, like, well, what if it turns out that you're not playing this season and you are the number three guy? How do you handle that? And he's like, look, under my old regime, I was I went from starter to third string back to starter. Like, He's kind of done this elevator roller coaster thing before. And the hope I think now is that he's grown and matured to a point where he understands that, hey, just because I'm the number three right now does not mean that I'm, that I'm the number three always and I can just slack off and it doesn't matter what I do. Because, like you said, yeah, Ben gets hurt. He takes a week 17 off, whatever it is at some point, or week 18 at this point. Um, I think that this is an opportunity for. Haskins to show that taking the risk on him to put him at number three is the right move because he has a huge upside um, and that they can trust him to continue to prepare. Um, I thought it was interesting. I asked him, Hey, how is your preparation and, mm -hmm. and getting ready for practicing games changed since you got to Pittsburgh? And he said, well, you know, no matter what the narrative out there has been, I've always been a guy that got there early, stayed late, watched film on my own, but, we know based on what happened in Washington, that was not always the case. And he was not a guy that was preparing at the level they wanted to see him prepare. And I think that if they choose him to be number three, that's, that's the Steelers saying, Hey, we trust you. Please don't burn our trust. Please make this, this investment pay off here. Um, but I, I think it's really for them. It comes down to a decision between, hey, Dwayne Haskins could be the future of our franchise, or do we keep Josh Dobbs, someone that Ben Roethlisberger is very comfortable with, on the sideline who will go over, plays with him, hey, I saw this, I saw that, while he's in the game. So do they want a Ben support quarterback, or do they want someone who could eventually take over for him? And I, I think that that is what Dwayne Haskins is kind of going up against when he starts on Friday. I agree. That that's the challenge that he has is that look, man, you got to show that you've grown throughout this and that you because because right now, like if if the preseason for some reason ended today before this preseason game happened, I do think he would be the number three quarterback. But this is the follow through. It's like, look, man, we we've seen you perform. We know you've got the good somewhere inside of you, but we want to see you continue to approach this professionally. And even though he has a probably he probably has been told like, hey, you're not the number two quarterback for this team, but we're gonna let you fight to show who you can be for this team. 
It's going to be about how he follows through on that performance. And Dwayne Haskins has had a touchdown pass in the preseason. He has led touchdown drives in this preseason. And notably, Mason Rudolph has not. Now, you and I have talked about this before on and off air. Just basically like a lot of that is situational, you know, and and things that happen. But again, if Dwayne can perform well in this game, if say he throws a a touchdown pass and leads a couple more touchdown drives, I I do think that there's a sense of the Steelers is going to be like, hey, you know what? This guy can play football and as long as Dwayne knows that like your biggest thing is continue to process the field and don't make those crucial mistakes that kill the team but do take what the defense is giving you you'll have a chance to win because they have a defense that they trust and they also have a running back that they trust in Najee Harris so I I do think that there's a really impressive there's a really good chance for Dwayne Haskins to make a good impression on the Steelers in this in this game despite not having he won't have Najee Harris he won't have the full starting line probably won't have any of the top th- three of the receivers on the team, but there's still a good chance that you could say like, Hey, I-, I deserve to get more shots if the time comes. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I also, I mean, it, it's poetic in a way that this opportunity is coming against the Panthers. Mm. This is the last team he started against in 2020. This is when he started the game and then got replaced for the last two drives with Taylor Heineke and they lost 20 to 13 a day later Haskins is released and I mean everything just implodes I think he completed half of his passes had two interceptions and that game like it was really really bad um and I I asked him about it and he said you know I want to prove he said the he said how he played in that game is in the back of his mind but he has been looking forward to this game to prove that that's He's not that quarterback anymore, and that's not what he wanted to be in the moment either, that he's better than that. And so I, I, he's someone that when you talk to him, you can't help but root for him in a way. Like you really – you want to see him be able to to have the comeback story. I mean, I, I think it as sports writers, there's something that you just love about Absolutely. a comeback story, and you want to see that for Haskins. But he has to do the work, and he's saying all the right things. He's practicing the right way he's playing the right way in the preseason but like you said he has to follow through in this last game with the the challenges that they're giving him and if he comes out and does that then I think he has a roster spot but if he doesn't Josh Dobbs showed in the Hall of Fame game like he's he's no slouch like he right. he can be a good backup quarterback yeah um so it, it's not a shoe-in thing for Dwayne Haskins he still has to perform really well um so I'm I'm excited that we have a reason to be excited for a fourth or, in the Panthers' case, third preseason game. Agreed. This is about him following through and, and keeping up with that performance level that we've seen him throughout the preseason. We will see if he does Friday night. Uh, we're going to be right back here at the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter with Brooke Pryor uh, talking more about guys who are stepping up and getting finally getting a chance to show this preseason. Now, here's a guy who's been a Steeler for a little bit, Benny Snell. He's back. And we get to see what he's playing. We'll talk about that right after this. Back on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Brooke, Betty Snell football is back. And everyone's kind of, you know, interested to see what's going to happen with RB2. Because to me, Kalen Balaj has won that spot. 
Like that is, it is him. He's been the most consistent. And some might say Anthony McFarlane. I think Anthony McFarlane's more of a situational gadget type of running back that they will keep. But there is a question. How many running backs can the Steelers t- keep? They, they got to look at edge rushers. They got to keep linebackers. They got to keep safeties, cornerbacks. They got to keep wide receivers. They got to keep. We'll get to them in, in the next segment. But we're looking at a, a running back room that you know they're keeping Najee. You know they're keeping Kalen. You, you're pretty sure they're keeping Anthony McFarlane. You know they're keeping Derek Watt. That's four running backs. If you keep a fifth one, you feel like it should be Benny Snell, but he hasn't been healthy through preseason, and now he will play. He will get a good amount of snaps and carries in this uh, in this game uh against the Panthers and again against their first their first team defense that looks like a prime opportunity for him to prove himself but is he in a position where maybe it's too little too late I kind of think yes I I feel like the Steelers have shown um they cut Antoine Brooks who came in as the front runner for the nickel spot he was the front runner Right. And he was hurt for more of camp than Benny Snell. Mm -hmm. But there were times when it felt like their availability was about the same where you got into practice and it was like, oh, of course, no Antoine Brooks, no Benny Snell. And I think we I've heard the thing over and over again, talking about uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton, that the best ability is availability. Yeah. Benny Snell does did not have that availability in camp. And I think he lost that number two spot because of all the time he missed um, to me, that's just, he really needed to have a strong camp. And I had him on my bubble for vets that could potentially get cut back in the summer. Um, I, I felt like Kalen Balaj looked good in mini camp. Still, it, it was kind of a toss up at that point. Now here we are at the end of training camp, and I don't think it's a toss up. I think Kalen Balaj has cemented his roster spot on this team. And I think that Benny Snell is in a I think Dwayne Haskins spot is more secure than Benny Snell's spot I think Whoa, that Benny that's a to, good take that's a look, take I, right there I think that Benny has to come out and just have an absolutely dominant game to earn a roster spot because those three that you mentioned Najee obviously Kalen Balage, Anthony McFarland uh and then uh Derek Watt to me those guys are absolutely locks then mm-hmm. I look at the next tier of running backs and that's Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, um, Tony Brooks, James. I To me, Jalen Samuels has not done anything to pop in training camp or the preseason. I forget that he is there a lot of the time. Benny Snell I felt the same way about because he's hurt. I think that you cut Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell. Tony Brooks, James, I don't see as a guy that's going to get claimed by another team. You put him on the practice squad. Right. And then you have that safety net there if one of your other three backs gets hurt. But I've been impressed with Brooks James in training camp. It's He wears number 40 there. felt like multiple times when he was making plays and I was having to look down at my roster like, who is 40 again? Um, <laughs> I was actually with you a few times and we were both like, right? wait a minute, wait a minute, who is that right. guy? Like, I, I don't think that they want to roll. I don't think they want a world where Tony Brooks James is their starting running back, but I think that they would feel better about using, about having their, their fifth or fourth option at running back on the practice squad and using those two extra roster spots, maybe on the defense, maybe you add an extra corner, maybe you add an extra linebacker. Right. Um, I just think that there are too many other groups that need that depth more than the running back spot does. And unlike previous years where you had James Conner as your lead back, who was a huge injury concern, that's not a thing right now. Like I think that this running back group as a whole is healthier. You know, knock on wood. Like I injuries can happen at any right. time to any player. 
but I'm not seeing the same level of concern that there was in the past that they need to have like multiple insurance policies and safety nets and everything. I, I think that you can live without Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and, and Benny Snell just to me in the, in the small limited times that we've seen him has not looked really impressive. He hasn't really had an opportunity. Right. And I didn't think he was very good last year either. They would bring him in in short yardage situations and he still wasn't very good. And that's he what he should he be doing. Good. And he's a, he's a right. power back. Like out of Kentucky, that was his big thing was that he was going to get the tough yards and then he didn't get the tough yards last year. Now, granted, you know, the Steelers had the worst rushing offense in the NFL. Part of that was the offensive line. Sure. But this team needs guys who are going to have the vision to find the holes, even if the offensive line isn't performing at its best because they have a new offensive line. They, 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 that's something they expect that that's something that they're expecting to overcome. And that's why they went and got a Najee Harris who can do that for them at, at, at times. But Benny Snell, I think that's another thing that he's going to have to show in this game is if the offensive line crumbles against the, you know, against the Panthers and they got some yeah. guys like Brian Burns, who are, who, who's going to be really interesting to watch against this group. You know, what can he do in those moments? Can he salvage plays? Can he still get tough yards? That those are the things that I think are on Benny Snell. Yep, exactly. I think that yeah, it's a good point that their offensive line was terrible last year and they did have the worst rushing offense. But I mean, the hope is that this offensive line is better. Right. But at the same time, it's younger. It's it's less it younger. formed. Mm-hmm. It's it hasn't there isn't the same cohesion. So there's nothing that tells me that Benny Snell is not gonna have the exact same trouble that he had a year ago. So I, I just think he is the Steelers are better served by using his roster spot somewhere else. I mean, give it to the secondary, um, add, keep a guy like Justin Lane on and, and Arthur Millette, keep both of those guys on. Um, I, I just think that there are too many other spots. Ed Rusher is a good one. Um, I, I just think that it'd be a luxury to keep, five running backs or four plus Derek Watt. And I, there are too many other holes that they need to fill. We will get to those holes in just a minute because there are definitely other positions that are going to be major questions as far as how the Steelers resolve them on their depth chart. But first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning now to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start their season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Contest open right now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, and uh, which is making a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing, right into horse racing. Don't wait and you can take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, wrapping things up with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Brooke, we got to talk about other roster battles now. We 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 fleshed out quarterback and running back, two of the the, the most discussed positions when it comes to this right now with the Steelers. But there's some other spots that I want to talk to you about. Wide receiver. We know who the top four guys are: Juju, Deontay, Claypool, Washington. That's solidified. Yet we think 
Ray Ray McLeod solidified. But this is a team who has been not afraid to keep six wide receivers on the roster in recent years because of what they went through in the 2016 AFC Championship game where two guys went out and a third guy got his hands broken and he all they had was Antonio Brown and like Kobe Hamilton and some guys off the practice squad. They've been ones to protect their depth on their receiver room, but with four guys that they can count on and a guy in Raven McLeod they feel confident about is it possible for a guy like a Matthew Sexton or a Rico Bussy to make this team or a Cody White to make this team? To me, if there's a guy, it would have to be Matthew Sexton for how strong he's come on in the special teams game and how just pure speed he shows off when he plays. Yeah, I agree. I think that that sixth wide receiver spot, should they choose to use it, is down between Sexton and Cody White because Cody White was injured for a good part of training camp Right. And they never cut him. And to me, that's a sign. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, we like this guy. Right. Uh, if we're not going to wave injure him and bring in somebody else. Um, so to me, I think they like him. He, I think they like his blocking ability. He's one of like the hardest workers. He's on the field late after practice almost every time we were at Heinz Field. So I think they like him. I just don't think that there's room because like you mentioned, Matthew Sexton as a returner is really strong. I think that he could maybe be more dynamic than Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray was good last year, but he forced some things and then that turned into, you know, lack of ball security and just he couldn't get the pop all the time. And I think maybe if they're looking to go a different direction in the return game, then you go with Sexton. To me, Rico Bussey, he has looked really good and he's had his days. There's always, you know, a training camp crush that comes up. I am not afraid to say it. Rico Bussey was my training camp crush because he had like... <laughs> The wearing AB's number, the yeah. way that he was playing. He, had he was making plays like, in early in this, yeah. Right. Like he And his connection with Dwayne Haskins was obvious. Like mm -hmm. That was Dwayne's go-to guy when he was running the offense. I don't think, though, that they're going to keep a wide receiver in a really tight position just because he has a connection with their number three quarterback. I agree that that that's, that's out of the question. You know, it's going to be about how many ways can he contribute to things that they need on game day? Exactly. I think that Bussy's best hope is to catch on with the practice squad in yes. Pittsburgh. I think he needs to develop a little bit more, but I, I think that he could have a future as a wide receiver on this team, especially, you know, if James Washington signs elsewhere after the season, Juju Smith-Schuster goes somewhere else. Maybe he works his way on here. Um, but right now I kind of, I give the edge in the wide receiver room if they choose to keep six to Matthew Sexton. But again, this, I get this, this last preseason game is going to be really important. If he shows out, I, I wonder how much Ray Ray McLeod will play because he has been hurt at times. Right. Um, I, I hope that they give like Ray Ray the first half and Sexton the second half as returners or alternate them something where we can see them literally go head to head to see who does a better job that could decide maybe the fifth spot. Maybe they keep Ray Ray and, and add a sixth guy, but I, I would watch that one really closely. Certainly. Now I want to talk to you about linebackers. Now this includes of course, edge rushers and off ball linebackers like deck Devin Bush. We know the obvious guys, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, um, Joe Schobert, uh, um, then you get uh, Alex Highsmith, Melvin Ingram. That's the that's the easy that's the easy five right there. You know, even though Robert Spillane has had a rough training camp, I would still project him to be one of the guys that makes that list. That's six. You know, then you look around. Then you start asking yourself, 
who do they fill out? Now, I don't think they'll give up a Buddy Johnson, a fourth-round draft pick. He's not he's not getting cut for any reason. So that's seven. But now you have, a, have to ask yourself the question, who else do you want to keep? Because you're keeping three edge rushers with the guys we've named so far. So now you're left with Cassius Marsh, Quincy Roche, and Jameer Jones. And Cassius Marsh, I, I, in the early parts of the preseason, I felt was flashing a little bit but has kind of tapered off in the last couple preseason games. And meanwhile, you haven't really seen the tapering off of Quincy Roche, who's also a draft pick this year. And Jameer Jones, who I've really, he's been my training camp crush because I he's just, he's popped off the screen. And whenever I've seen him on, on, you know, on TV, whenever I've seen him at training camp, he, he's, he has explosiveness. And well, I think that he could be one of those sneaky training camp stashes that we see sometimes. And he'd be the one of this group that I would stash, I think would be the easiest to stash. Roche, not so much because he was drafted. Um, I do think that there's a chance they keep him, but I'm not so sure they don't, tr- they don't boot Cassius Marsh. Now, he's a special teams contributor and a veteran, and that plays his favor. But you've got three vets at edge rusher already with Watt and Highsmith and Ingram. Would they go with two, you know, unknown guys to back those guys up in, in Jameer Jones and uh, Quincy Roche behind them? Yeah, so I, I have, I was just looking back, I had to do a 53-man projection, filed it last night. I have Cassius Marsh making it because I, to me, the standout plays that he had, I thought he contributed a lot early in camp, and I thought he had an above-average camp overall. To me, the way he played initially outweighs maybe how he faded a little bit later in camp, but I felt right. like I saw a lot of him. Um, and I think also you bring up the point, like, do they want two unknowns backing up that group? And I think the answer is no there, but I do think it's so tough because I really like Jameer Jones, but I think that they give the edge to their draft pick because they have invested that draft capital in him. Um, And I think you're right that they stashed Jameer Jones because he is a relative unknown here. Um, And it's, to me, that's the safer gamble than saying, you know what, Quincy, we know that we drafted you, but we're, we're hoping that we can hide you back. You're like, no, you're not, you're not hiding a draft pick. Somebody's going to see that and pick him up. Um, so yeah, I, I have Cassius and Roche, and then I also have Marcus Allen at making it as an inside linebacker because he is such a contributor on special teams. Right. He, and that's another thing here is when you start looking at these back end guys, who contributes on special teams contributes a lot to the conversation as far as what the Steelers want to use. Because uh, uh, Danny Smith will tell you if, if you make a way to, if you find a way to impress him, you you find a way to get on the roster and uh, it's funny you know over the past year or so him and Keith Butler have been like no 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 the other guy has the juice in those decisions Keith Butler says it's Danny Smith Danny Smith says it's Keith Butler and I'm like yes listen guys stop playing around you know we 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 get it that there's there's definitely some jockeying for position as far as who wants who in the final cuts but okay last position group the secondary we know the main guys Cameron Sutton Joe Hayden Micah Fitzpatrick Terrell Edmonds but now Antoine Brooks is gone James Pierre, I see as a lock, you know, yep. so that's, that's five guys. I believe I've, I've named right there. I would see, I think Justin Lane has earned the the title of being a locked player. One, he's also a drafted player from a few years back, but he really picked up his play throughout training camp. You and I were watching. He was struggling mm-hmm. early on getting beat, uh, getting run over by Chase Claypool. I mean, he has some really rough days, but I, I'd say in the last three weeks, he really caught on 
and he's earned at least a roster spot on this depth chart. But what do they do now without Antoine Brooks? Arthur Mollett's been hurt. We're not sure if he's even going to be able to play against the Panthers. Uh, we heard from Mike Tomlin that he that Trey Norwood's going to get some time in the nickel. Uh, so you know, what what do you see developing here behind the obvious five of Hayden, Sutton, Pierre, Fitzpatrick, and Edmonds? And I'd say obvious six with Justin Lane. Who else do you see making this roster? I, I see Trey Norwood being in the mix. I still think Arthur Mollett's there because they need it. Um, and I also think I'm a little more partial um, to the idea of keeping a Mark a, a Mark Gilbert, but also a, a Miles Killebrew. But again, this is where it gets tough to narrow it down because if you put 10 guys in the secondary, then you got to cut back on those running backs or those edge rushers mm-hmm. or those linebackers. Yep. So I have nine guys in the secondary. Um, I have Arthur Millette <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just so excited. I'm getting emotional. Um, I have Arthur Millette. <laughs> Arthur Millette brings that out in everyone. It's okay, bro. He just, I mean, man, just touches you right in the heart. Um, I, I think it obviously depends on the level of his injury. Um, but I, I thought that he played really well when Brooks was out. Uh, I know they started to bring Cam Sutton on late in that nickel spot, but I think that you want him because last year they had, Mike Hilton is the primary nickel. Cam Sutton is the backup. I think that they need a backup in that spot, knowing that Sutton could maybe James Pierre ends up struggling and they need to kick Sutton back out to full-time outside corner. Like, I just think that there's a lot of question marks there that you want to still keep that flexibility. I think keeping Arthur Millette gives you that flexibility. You hope he learns more. You hope he gets healthy. Um, So I have him making it. And then safety, I have Trey Norwood getting the nod. Um, interested to see him at nickel. I see him more as a backup safety option. Right. Uh, I think that's where we saw him play um, when there were days that uh, that Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't practicing earlier this week. He was the next guy up. Um, and again, draft pick. I think that it's a lot harder to cut a draft pick um, than an undrafted guy. And then I also think that Miles Killebrew will make it as a safety, but primarily for his what he brings to special teams because he was a big special teams guy his last stop I think that he played a lot early on too when Trey Edmonds was working his way back from the offseason surgery that Mike Tomlin uh, didn't tell us about until Noah Strackbean pressed him on it so props to Noah mm-hmm. for that but we saw a lot of Miles Killebrew early and that tells me that they think highly of him that he can be that versatile guy to step in there so that's that's how I have the group shaking out. I'm sure I'll be wrong. I'm sure that they will pick Mark <laughs> Gilbert over Miles Killebrew, and I'll just look like an idiot. But that that is my initial guess after watching all of the training camp practices and seeing the preseason games. I, I'm actually with you. I, I think you know behind the six we mentioned, um, I think Miles Killebrew has to stand in. He, he's looked very solid, and they need a they need a veteran safety behind the starters, right? And Trey Norwood looked solid, but a, a you know a, a rookie, a seventh round draft pick, that'd be a lot to put on him is to make him the only safety that they could come off the board uh, with. Whereas at cornerback, you got Joe, you got Cam, you got James, you got Justin, you got four guys that you can really trust on the outside. Cam can bump to the inside. Mallette can be your backup on the on the inside. Um, and, and I think that that would give you at least some versatility there. And then also they'd have Trey Norwood to help there if an emergency came about. Um, and that's, again, why you would take a, a Killebrew and a Norwood over a Mark Gilbert, who I think has acquitted himself well in training camp, but not well enough to overtake one of those safety positions. Right, exactly. I think 
I think Mark Gilbert's going to be another one of those stash guys for the practice squad. And I mean, maybe Trey Norwood comes out against the Panthers and just has an insane game at nickel. And we all say, oh, well, they don't really need Arthur Millette if Trey Norwood can step in there and be Cam Sutton's backup. And then you add a spot back to maybe running back and then Benny Snell makes the roster. And then we have that domino effect there. But at this point, I'm not seeing it. At this point, I think the safe option is you keep Arthur Millette um, because he has performed really well. And like you were saying about Justin Lane, I listening to what uh, Terrell Austin had to say about him, mm. he sounded incredibly impressed with Justin Lane. And he was the guy that I think I left off my initial roster projection going into camp because he just hadn't done anything of note in his time with the Steelers. And some of that is just the product of circumstance, but it just felt like he never really popped. But the last couple weeks, I mean, we we can't say everything that we have seen in practice today, right? but right. he may or may not have made a really nice play um, that I, I just think that he, I don't know what changed for him the last couple weeks, but he has looked better and has looked like a more solid backup option at corner. But to me, his case will be really interesting next year, what they decide to do with him. Um, right. If you lose contract. a guy like Joe Hayden, right. Contract year. We love a contract year, but I mean, I, I think I think he has a spot this year. Absolutely. Brooke, as always, it's great to have you here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, we will be talking with you again very soon, especially after this preseason game. We'd probably like, we'd love to have you get back on maybe before the Bills game to get some previewing in for Steelers week one action. But thanks again, as always, for being on the show. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Uh, on Twitter, at B.E. Pryor, and on ESPN.com under the NFL tab and then go to Steelers and it will all be right there. There you go. Check out Brooke. She does an amazing job over at ESPN. Heck of a person to hang with too at Steelers practice too. When we're, when we're just sweating and tanning in the hot sun <laughs> down in the South side of Pittsburgh, I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter critiques, subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, Odyssey, and now YouTube subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out. Thanks to all those who have watched and listened to this show. We we'll back tomorrow on Friday, wrapping it up and giving you the final preview for this preseason game. More talk right here on the locked on Steelers podcast about your Pittsburgh Steelers.